Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. on the button for the uh, no, uh the, the uh, intro when, there literally when it says go on the screen you're supposed to go that means that from ebor city it's sunday and time for the rotation oh, man, I let's jump into it queued up there this is a highly prepared show we we, we rehearse this Last week's sometime, I think. <laughs> I think I think we need to be more organized though, but just a little bit more, just a little bit more. Like, I, I kind of like the, the uh, you we, know off kilter feel. We we need we need designated times to be off kilter. All right. Well, anyways, in different ways. <laughs> not only is it Sunday, but it is the day before Socialist Day. I mean Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Damn commies! My my father didn't leave Cuba. To come here so that we can get Labor Day off, okay, guys? <laughs> Listen, you guys, if, if you believe that anybody has a right to, to own cannabis, you're a socialist. Because you're the ones who believe that, that we should have workers controlled means of production, because this is all about the struggle of the Lupin proletariat and getting a blunt every Sunday for free. Yeah. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that Yo. per se, but if you say you're anti socialist, then you're anti cannabis, period. What do you think, Chris? Look, the fact that we even have Labor Day off, that we have eight-hour days, that we have laws that say your boss can't treat you like you know, like an indentured servant, you can thank a union for that. Thank the labor the movement. Union. Oh, by the way, since we didn't bother to introduce ourselves because <laughs> because it's Sunday, I, I'm Gary, your your political director here of Suncoast Normal. My co-host here is uh, Carlos, owner of the CBD. Uh, dispensary. <laughs> I, I almost said CBD Emporium, but that's a different company. <laughs> CBD Haberdashery. CBD Haberdashery. <laughs> Chill them over in over on Seventh Avenue, over here in Ybor City, and coming from the Beltway, our guy who is not only the director for a Suncoast Normal, but as a side gig as being somewhat having his toe dipped in the uh, the union thing. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I spend, you know, when I'm not out here advocating for justice and reform on the legalization side, I'm working with, you know, folks who you'd be surprised are struggling right now um, as a labor organizer. Believe it or not, you know, in, in, you know, I spend a lot of time working with college professors and people would be shocked to find out that uh, folks with PhDs and master's degrees are, are struggling right now. Our education system, you know, underpays professors severely. And you have, you know, people who you wouldn't expect, some folks that have probably taught you some college classes that are living out of their cars and making decisions like, should I pay the rent or should I have health insurance? Well, and- let, let, let me ask you, I'm sorry to cut you off there, but like yeah. these, these college professors that, that are like are, are struggling right now, yeah. um, do you, you guys do any work in Florida? Yeah, absolutely. Before okay. I, I came up here to D.C., you know, I spent three years in Florida helping to build uh, labor unions at the various colleges, including our alma mater, University of South Florida. Go Bulls. Through which organization? 
you know, uh, so working through the Service Employees International Union, I've had the opportunity to work with college professors who are adjuncts uh, to unionize. You know, most folks don't even know maybe what an adjunct professor is. You know, originally 30 years ago, they were professionals who started out, you know, uh, maybe they were semi-retired and they would teach one or two classes at a community college uh, to give back. But because of the business model in which education has been transformed into, uh, 70% of the people who teach are these adjunct professors. But for many people um, who get into it, they think, oh, well, I'll do this for a couple of years, and then there'll be an opportunity for a full-time professorship that'll open up. And we have folks that have been adjuncts 10, 15, 20 years, never with that opportunity. Folks who live semester to semester hoping that they get one or two classes and able to piece together, you know, a thirty, forty thousand dollar living. And these are people with PhDs and master's degrees who make the same as fast food workers and so, and and have no shit. say so in their working conditions. So so they make the same as fast food workers and their their PhDs are teaching our future, mm-hmm. right? And like I mean I think this is needless to say, but they most likely can't afford our medical marijuana system. No, who can? Yeah, no, who can? And I've I've encountered <laughs> professors that have you know chronic debilitating medical conditions. One, so we've had that talk you know uh, over to the side, like, hey, you know, here in Florida, the, things have changed. There's some opportunities for you, and like, yeah, that's great, but I can't afford to spend three hundred dollars on a doctor recommendation, and then have to uh, afford you know the the, the levels that uh, of prices that you see uh, in some of the MMTCs here in Florida and some of the dispensaries. And and truth be told, if someone's struggling paycheck to paycheck you know do you really have the money to spend on corporate booth that's overpriced and undervalued i well yeah like that that honestly is like the biggest thing going going in here because i mean um i it's, it's the living wage as far as our organization is concerned as far as the normal is concerned it's like how are people going to afford their medicine when they can't even afford to live yeah or how are they yeah, exactly how are they going to afford their medicine if they're not allowed to work if their employee employer is going to fire them just for having a medical card, or you'll be prevented from getting work if you have a medical shit. card. So there's more stuff on top of all this 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 labor shit going oh, on with marijuana. There are labors. There are layers you cannot even there's imagine, layers, my friend. There's a fucking onion here, bro. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The problem with the onion is you keep on peeling it and peeling it and peeling it, and what's inside? More onion. This uh. is this is basically what we have to deal with. That at an artichoke, so it's kind of driven me crazy. So, so <laughs> not to get off the the vegetable metaphors. Well, you're, but... <laughs> you're, you're, you're the vegan. <laughs> so, uh, so okay. So, people in Florida, there's a lot of people that can't afford a living wage. They can't afford healthcare. They can't afford medical marijuana. That healthcare, you know, their healthcare system is kind of screwing them up on mm-hmm. their bills and all that. So, I, I mean, like, it, it, most it, teachers can't afford rent in South Florida, like. Folks are having to live in Palm Beach and drive there, to Miami just to get to their jobs, you know? There's people that are getting fired because their their employer doesn't want them smoking mar- medical marijuana, medical, legal, medical marijuana, yes. right? And then, and then to top it all off, drug tests are just completely biased against potheads, right? Mm-hmm. You, uh, there's a lot of people that, like, I knew a lot of people in college that graduated to harder drugs because they started getting drug tested, right? Mm. And the way I can explain this is you're tested once a month, Right. Marijuana uh, in these drug tests uh, last for a month in your system. Right. But then harder drugs like like whatever it is, heroin or fucking cocaine cocaine or whatever, it lasts two, three days. So like these guys will fucking do like these really hardcore drugs. They'll start taking Xanax. Right. Instead of smoking weed for their anxiety. 
and end up graduating to harder addictions because like the government's trying to get them off their pot addiction. Right. Anyways, I digress. So these, these oh, people, that, that's, a, that's a definite <laughs> issue. I really is a definition because there is a gateway. If you're, if you're denied the use of the stuff that it is not addictive, then you might just end up going to the stuff that is addictive. And so therefore in a kind of strange backward way, that is a, that's an issue like with yeah. all the layers to this artichoke that we're talking about gary and there is problems with, even within the cannabis industry in regard to labor i mean there is very little unionization right now mm. in the cannabis industry and that has caused a lot of problems including the fact that there's a lot of multi-state organizations with international funds that come here and some of the people who actually are actually working those those organizations might not be legal mm. Mm. i'm just now here in, in, in the florida I can honestly say that of the MMTCs out there, there are definitely grows that have really, uh, undocumented uh, immigrants that are working there because of the fact that they can, because of the fact they can get around the laws and things of that sort. In regards it, to work, free work, it really kind of seems to me, though, that the majority of this artichoke is really discrimination against potheads. I hate artichokes. And, 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 and Gary, actually, like you're, you're, you're talking about immigration stuff, but you actually bring up a really good point. Because I was thinking the other day, I just rehired somebody, an old, old, old employee of Chillum, right? Just so happens that it's this like guy. It's like 50 or what? I, well, I mean, we've been open for 38. Three years, but whatever. <laughs> okay, uh, of the three years this guy has worked for us on and off, right? He's grown dreadlocks, <laughs> right? And I've heard stories of MMTCs in Florida. I won't name one particular one. Oh, go ahead. Um, the Walmart of the marijuana industry here. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I've I've heard that they they refused to people hire people with dreadlocks. That it was it became a big thing. It actually mm. ended up like yeah. they were they were they were accused of discriminating people with dreadlocks. I, I spoke um, to a friend of mine who's a member of the Weed for Warriors uh, down in Miami, and yeah. he he applied and everything. He they said he was set to get the job, and it was basically an ultimatum: cut your hair so you can look like you can work in an Apple store, or or <clears throat> you know, or take a hike. And you know, I mean, that's just ludicrous. That 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 two reasons: one, the discrimination behind um, having natural hairstyles or ethnic hairstyles, you know, and then two. Uh, as you said, if, if you happen to be a, a cannabis uh, smoker, cannabis user, uh, the industry itself has some discrimination built into it systemically because you have to pass a level two background check just to work at an MMTC in Florida. That was designed by yeah. the legislature to eliminate people who had experience working in legacy markets in the traditional uh, uh, market and probably you know didn't have the opportunities to get into the legal market for 30 some years. But you know, along the way, if you had any encounters with law enforcement, you got into trouble, that background check requirement is going to exclude you from doing anything legit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just seems like, dude, like the, the whole labor force is discriminating against potheads, right? Mm -hmm. And then now we have businesses that are, are, are catered to people who consume marijuana. And even those businesses start to, to discriminate against potheads and stoners and whatnot. And it's, it reminds me of like part of the reason why we started normal, right? Just thinking that like the, the, the marrow, the medical marijuana industry needed to be all inclusive. You can't fucking tell these stoners that they can't be a part of it because they're, they're probably your biggest allies. Mm. So, I mean, I, I, it just dumbfounds me. Like it's, it really, really fucking like it, it infuriates me that like 
people who smoke marijuana are still being discriminated against even by their own fucking kind man and i don't know we need to do some shit that's why i'm gonna smoke weed all day tomorrow ah okay <laughs> and, and and our good friends in illinois right now they do have a bill coming up hb4116 that bans employers from firing or refusing to hire employees based solely on a, a positive cannabis test and the question mm -hmm. is when can they actually test somebody and a couple of lawyers have been saying that, well, in certain instances, you have to test somebody. Like if somebody has an accident on the job at work or something to that effect. And yeah, workman's comp, right? But again, if it's all based on, uh, on, on the test. And let's be certain about this. The test itself is not specifically for THC. It's for the metabolites of cannabinoids. And therefore, it is even possible at certain times ah. for CBD to make you test positive. Well, mm -hmm. fucking a, or Delta a, using Delta cannabinoids 10? legally. Yeah, yeah, you huh. can be using legally derived uh, from a hemp plant cannabinoids and still test positive and be fired from your job. Is it, that's in that's in Illinois. Do, didn't you guys have some bill that you guys were trying to get introduced that yeah. like protected employees? We yes. do. Act, we, <laughs> that's right, <laughs> is Bob. It, isn't that what's going on? Well, yeah, <laughs> what, a, what a great segue. Right, are we going to talk segue. about that? Both, both Gary and myself have worked on that legislation, <laughs> you know, done research, written language into the bill, work with the state senators and state representatives to, to get it sponsored. And, and after all those hurdles, that's just the, the phase one. The next phase is actually getting a hearing on a committee, you know, in the state legislature, getting the bill through that committee, getting it to the House and Senate floors where it's not amended with poison pills and, and THC caps and other bills that, you know, will just make us walk away from it and then get it to the governor's desk and sign. So it is a hurdle every which way you look. And we run into, you know, allies who are uh, who support us, but are not in the uh, leadership or they're not in the majority. They're not folks who have the ability to make it happen. And so what we really need is the, the, the Republican leadership of Florida to take employment protection seriously. Uh -huh. And we don't see that in many cases. We see chairmen like Ray Rodriguez, who was a staunch, you know, uh, you know, uh, person in the house in his time there of trying to push THC caps and and do everything he can to stop progress in the medical marijuana system and now that he's in the senate he's controlling key committees that's going to prevent this bill uh from being heard and he he when we he, our bill sponsor asked him well senator rodriguez why why don't you think this is important and he goes well i just don't you know it's not like I, I see any need for it and the day he said that two news articles were written about um public school teachers one an administrator one a very good teacher um who lost their jobs because they're legal medical marijuana patients now, they, they were telling us that the bill that we had, we had to rely strictly on uh, regulating uh, state employees or, or, or government employees. Of course, federal employees, it's, it's still a no-brainer no at this point in time because of the uh, federal illegality. But they're saying we had to work on this because they didn't want to give a, a start up with a, a just cause situation in regards to uh, private businesses. or always give reasons for suing and things of that sort. And uh, so they wanted to stay away from the private businesses. Quite frankly, I think it, private businesses should be included, but there is actually an advantage. I'm, we're blinking a little bit here. I would figure this out. <laughs> okay. Keep going, Gary. I think I would blame the dog. <laughs> but uh, we got it? Okay. Anyways, we based our law uh, in part on the uh, 
Americans for Disabilities Act, which basically says if you have a person who is disabled on your staff and you have to make reasonable accommodations for that person. Well, naturally, because of the fact that you have to have a debilitating condition to even have a medical cannabis card in the first place, that means that if you have that card, you should be due accommodations. And that is basically what we're saying. So if you, you get tested, you can give a reason as to why you tested positive. And if the medical card itself shows the fact that you have a debilitating condition, then they can't, that they have to really strictly rely on your performance and not on the fact that you use cannabis for whatever condition you have that's actually allowing you to go back to work and, and be a good employee and being a, tax, a tax-based citizen. Uh, I, it's just, I, I know we got to take baby steps, guys, but you know, I just got to take a moment here just to say, like it's ridiculous that we're we're even nitpicking like this. Like this is something that healthcare providers should should be providing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, like I, I'm glad jobs should Carlos. help you get weed. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I don't I don't understand. Like so that's <laughs> in, in regards to healthcare providers, you know, health insurance companies actually paying for cannabis, um, that is a long way away. But workmen's comp in certain states have gone all the way up to those state Supreme Courts and have ruled in favor of the patients. Uh, For example, if you go on workman's comp in New Mexico and your doctor recommends cannabis treatment, then the workman's comp insurance has to pay for your medical cannabis. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and that needs to happen in more states. Not every state that has uh, a medical marijuana system, uh, workman's comp laws are up to date. And it it is often taking patients spending ridiculous amounts of money to, to fight it in court and, 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 you know, be trailblazers. I mean, we have similar issues here in Florida. Like, for example, Kathy Jordan, who, you know, sued for uh, the right to medical necessity, which opened the door for a lot of other patients to, you know, to be able to do that. But the fact is, is that without people taking on the system, we'll never have any change. And then even if you do have the resources to take on the system, case in point, Joe Redner here in Florida, uh, suing for his right to home grow, suing on the floor grown case to strike down vertical integration, you can still lose because of, of politics and and you know how you know Ron DeSantis packed the Supreme Court with justices that are not pro cannabis. And these lawsuits are not cheap. I guarantee you that that our friend Joe put in mega bucks on, on both of those lawsuits to try to make them go forward only to win in the lower courts and have it appealed, win in the appeals courts and then have it go to the Supreme Court and then get killed there. That's that was just long standing. I know, I realize that the, the wheels of justice grind very slowly, but especially we, when it's a topic like this. And we're, so, we're talking yeah. about things we, we were working on as soon as the uh, it became legal in 2016. Here it is five years later, and we're still working on various glitches from the, the law as it was written now four years ago in 2017 and we we are going to make these changes but we have to sometimes make baby steps and i realized like i said before baby steps aren't great because most babies do fall when they're trying to walk uh, and we don't want to fall we want that we want this to, to go forward now if we are told we have to go back to being state employees that's not entirely bad because there's also a silver lining to that in that because of the fact that things like licensing for regulation like for nursing things of that sort that also comes from the state and people right now are losing their certification. So if state employees are covered by this law, then people won't lose their, their, their uh, <clears throat> those licenses for nursing and things of that sort. And that did happen in Broward County, where a woman did, did lose her, uh, I think it was nursing certification because of the fact that she had a medical card. Just, just wrong. 
Well, for the folks at home listening, you know, what Gary's talking about is when we originally wrote the Employment Protection Bill, we wanted everybody in Florida to be covered, every single worker. And because of politics, we were told you got to water down the bill. You got a limited scope. So we went from, you know, saying that every single person in the state of Florida who is a medical cannabis patient should not be discriminated at work to now the bill is just narrowly focused on public employees because the, you know, the, the Chamber of Commerce in Florida would do everything it can to shoot down the bill if we try to dictate terms to the private sector. Um, so, you know, looking at, to Gary's point, if we can start and set the example where public employees have the right to medical cannabis, we can, you know, essentially take those baby steps, as you were saying, Carlos, in, in achieving some real change in the state. Yeah, yeah bills, bills can be amended over me. time to become better than they were when they first got started. And in this particular instance, we could add private uh, employees as well. And we could even do, as I recommended, an, an amendment even just to this bill to create a, a report to verify the fact that people who are first responders should at least get a chance to use this and prove that we can, that they, it can be, they, they can have good performance, even if they're using cannabis only on off hours and, and not on call orders, because our first responders, God bless them. They can't unsee so many of the things that they've seen. And so yeah. many of them have PTSD and we need to make certain that they are taken care of. But right now they can't use it. The, I, I've talked to Sheriff Chronister a number of times where he said, look, we have meditation. We have acupuncture. We have yoga. I say that's all very nice, but if you have anything that actually works. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Gary, just so we're clear, you're saying the police need to smoke more weed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not by confiscating mine. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yes. <laughs> very good, Carlos. Very yeah. good. <laughs> that was an excellent segue. <laughs> but hey. but there are some there are unions that are actually encroaching on the cannabis industry to try to straighten out issues in regards to labor. I mean, right now there is actually a the the uh, the Safe Labor Act of was it 1928 actually does allow agricultural worker uh, em, uh, employers to have special certificates to pay agricultural employees less than minimum wage. It's just mm -hmm. frustrating, guys. Like this is such an easy topic. It's something that we can get eat. You know, I get it. Fucking coronavirus. That shit's fucking complicated. Like that. That shit. We 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 can get a few yeah, things. Yeah, I, I can't build a that. virus. It must be All complicated. Right? But marijuana is so fucking simple. It's so easy. I don't understand why we can't just. Why we gotta take baby steps? It's something that we can get right the first time. It's just like. It, it, it's just drawn on and like, yeah, I get it. We got to play between the parties and stuff like that. And we got to make sure everybody votes for it and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we got to educate and there's all this shit that we got to do in order to fucking get where we want to go. But I mean, it's just at this point, it's just paid off fucking Republicans that are just making our life more difficult. Well, That's it's, all it, it is. It's kind of yeah. like quicksand, you know, yeah. everything's flat till you walk over towards it. And then all of a sudden you start to sink and you start to realize that once you started sinking, the harder it is each moment to try to get out. And that's exactly what has happened from the Marijuana Tax Act of 1936, which basically was a tax, on an excise tax on people growing it. And if they didn't pay it, and a lot of times they didn't, that they would get arrested that way. And then it, and it segued on to possession being illegal at that point in time. So, And, and the more we got into that, and, and then the sentences got longer and longer, and the RICO Act got involved, and people started getting life sentences. It just kept on getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And we've got to, it, it's, it becomes harder and harder each time these laws get entrenched, especially because the, the, the older a law is, 
the more the less people remember as to why that law was put in place in the first place, which right. is why we were dealing so hard right now with, with education. And so we, we try to deal with that. I know that um, the uh, the American uh, Cafeteria and Food Workers, ACFW, out in California have been working hard to to unionize a lot of the people over there. And is uh, is SEIU also working on that? And by the way, I am AFSCME 79, just so you know. Yeah, um, I, I know that uh, there are some SEIU locals uh, out of Illinois that are, are currently working to, um, to, to, you know, unionize cannabis workers, uh, you know, in the Midwest and, and, and in those states out there, out West and Colorado and such. I mean, all in all, here's the thing. We, we've seen it here in Florida where uh, workers are telling us, you know, and, and, and telling other media outlets in the cannabis space uh, that they're working for these large MMTCs. You know, the ones that you can't believe what they got going on in their their grow houses, you know, uh, just to see like how bad it is in the working conditions, working in 100 degree heat, 12 hour days, no breaks. And like Carlos said, you know, even even the, uh, the, the pay is subpar where, you know, the folks who are supposed to be growing high class medicine are not being paid fair wages, not being paid living wages, you have to then wonder what type of medicine is that producing? So when people rag on, you know, corporate booth is, is the, the slang term for it. You know, the reason <laughs> it's that B-O-O-F, it's not in the dictionary. Exactly. If you, if, if, if these corporations are putting out booth, they need to go back to the source. <laughs> How are they treating the folks who are growing it? Where are they getting the talent? How are they treating those folks? And, and the fact is that if you're getting talent that has no experience growing cannabis, and then you're making those guys work in hundred degree heat, 12 hour days with hardly any breaks, then you wonder why they're not going to be putting in the effort to grow high quality, you know, plants. And that's in the legal market. In the legacy market, it actually does get worse because again, you have people coming in here that are doing what I would call illicit illicit farms, and the people they have working there sometimes have actually been trafficked from Europe and other places to work there as literally slave labor, and that means that they are not being paid. Today, uh, did I spell that right? <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, All right, you wait. did. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, Gary, that's a great point. Out in California, a lot of illegal grows that are seen in state parks and in national parks and such are are being run by folks, you know, in organized crime who human traffic the folks to grow that over the border. Uh, you know, you have folks, you know, being trafficked, you know, in shipping containers. It is interesting to see how. Um, you know, organized crime, human trafficking, and subpar wages all connect to each other in the cannabis industry. Hey, Gary Bear. Yes. Can you help me find it? Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I need help finding it. Uh, I, I, yeah. Maybe if I don't find, if I don't show. If you found it, <laughs> well, good afternoon and welcome to my time, <laughs> the, the, the G spot. And because it is my time, I'm going to put just a little bit of COVID news in there because all you guys say, "Oh God," but the, but it is kind of important because one of our own, uh, Greg Gerdeman, Dr. Greg Gerdeman, uh, who went to a cannabis conference this last week. Uh, last week of, of August, rather, ended up catching COVID there, not necessarily at the conference itself, but just in the, in the various uh, <clears throat> auxiliary things that were going on at the time. And this has actually been happening with a lot of people who go to conferences over in Las Vegas. And so we are still dealing with this bug. And we, and even though he was vaccinated, he, he got one of those breakthrough things. And so we, we, we tell folks, you know, be careful. If you hear from somebody that cannabis prevents 
COVID. I'm sorry. I'd love it for it to be that way, but it, is, it doesn't happen. It's, it's good as treatment because of the fact of the anti-inflammatory product uh, properties do help out with the treatment of it, but it doesn't stop you from getting it because it does not all of a sudden teach your immune system to be able to recognize it and get rid of it. So what we do have right now are vaccines and masks. And of course, there is, I don't believe there should be any mandate in place for those two things. I just believe that people should do the right thing and take care of their fellow man. So no on mandates, but yes on masks and vaccines. You can rail on me all you want. But as a, as a public health employee for so many years, I can tell you that that is the way to get this thing out of our society and go back to normal. And, and, and that put aside. I just had to get that out of my system. Okay, so here in Florida, we have a very interesting licensing system. I mean, we have we were supposed to have hundreds and hundreds of licenses. Right now, they have, what, 75,000 in Oklahoma right now because uh, they, they have a horizontal system. Here in Florida, we have 22 licenses, only five of which were actually given out uh, via the, uh, the application process, and the rest were given out via administrative law judge. And then after that, they, they became up for sale. And that means that now we got investors coming in here to get those licenses. And just recently, of course, uh, the biggest cannabis uh, business here in Florida, Truly, did actually uh, <coughs> absorb Harvest, which was, which was originally San Flasco Farms. And because of the fact that there's a 5% rule saying you can't own any more than 5% of another MMTC if you own one MMTC, then they had to actually get rid of one of those two licenses because once you merge it together, you, you have to get rid of one license. So they went ahead and they absorbed all the assets of Harvest, all their grows, all their dispensaries, everything, and they spit out the paper license and they auctioned it off to the highest bidder. And lo and behold, that, that, that auction, which happened about two Thursdays ago, who bought it? Planet 13. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you who have been to Vegas, Planet 13 is got about as splashy of a, a cannabis dispensary as you can ever imagine. When you walk on the floor, you see uh, puddles around your feet because it's all digitized. And above your head, there are orbs that are spinning around in various geometric patterns because of the quadcopters attached. You're really to like romanticizing it. I like it. Well, it, it's because I, it's, I do feel that way when I get in there, but I just like I couldn't articulate it like that. That's nice. It is. It is a, because they're concerned about the consumer experience and not just making the sale, not just building the sale. Because that comes with people being happy in the first place. If a customer is happy, they'll buy as much as they feel they want to. You don't necessarily have to say, you know, when a person came in, I just need, you know, a, a, an eighth for my headache and make them leave with a $500 bill. <clears throat> it might be great for the business, but is it, is it good for the customer? If the, the customer will buy whatever they want to. Now, of course, Planet 13 is basically built on a, an adult use market. And it is really a smorgasbord. When you walk in there, of course, there's like maybe... I'd say maybe 40 or 50 different islands of various product types and things of that sort. They have hundreds of brands. And that comes from a, a situation where you can get stuff via an adult use market. They have all these different brands that are great, including Wana. Oh, boy. See that? One of my, one of my favorite uh, <clears throat> as far as uh, edibles are concerned. And a whole bunch of others. You get a, your, your, your choice. Here in Florida, you have to buy the product that was made by that particular grower or is a brand that is in contract with them. And usually it's, it's only one or two kind of situation. Whereas of course, plant 13 is, is got that huge, huge amount of inventory and huge, huge amount of di- uh, differentiation. And of course, uh, Mr. Grossbeck Grossman rather who owns plant 13, he's a CEO. 
uh, he has even said his first big superstore is going to be in the Orlando area, and then they're going to go to other various tourist areas. Now, why would you put a cannabis store in a tourist area? Because of the fact that tourists themselves, they're coming from the state, other state, can't buy cannabis, and generally the uh, locals don't go to the tourist places to get you know twenty dollars French fries in South Beach, right? Right. That's just the way it is. So I'm not paying for forty dollars parking to drive to South Beach. So with all due respect, uh, Mr. Grossman, I think is waiting for the adult use market to hit Florida, and of course he has the time because it takes time when you have only a paper license to start from scratch and build an entire company. So this is what, what has happened. Planet 13 has come in with a fantastic opportunity in the state of Florida, which is the, the fourth largest market, actually the third largest market, and only one of those top markets that has no adult use at all. It's all just medical. So we're just, we're just resigned to the almost 600,000 uh, patients we have right now. Let, let me cut you off for a second, Gary. You, this is I, my spot. I, I, yeah, I know, but I could talk to you. Um, <laughs> no, I got, a, I got a question for you during your spot. Right. You said that that license was auctioned off. It was auctioned off to the highest bidder. Yes, it and was they, by the Department of Health or or by Truly. No, it was not. It was neither. It was a third party. It was a third party. Mm-hmm. Okay. How did how did that happen? Who? What was the third party that got it? It. it Planet Thirteen was the third. Was the oh, who was the company that did it? Yeah, a company called Canaccord. And why why did they get that opportunity? Like it's my understanding that Truly purchased Harvest, and that's why that that license was up for sale. It was up for sale because they couldn't keep that license because they already have their own license here in Florida, and you can't have two licenses. Uh-huh. And so, therefore, it got spit out strictly as a piece of paper. Uh-huh. And so, therefore, interestingly enough, what they do is they take a company like Harvest, which had 11 dispensaries, already had a, a, a good grow and all that bit, and they took that company right out of the, out of the competition. Uh-huh. One less license actually operating and we have a number of licenses that are still not operating yet even though they've had those licenses for years a green dragon is starting to wake up now uh-huh. and uh, i believe that jungle boys is uh, is now starting is, is continuing to build and cookies is finally going to announce that they had nice. that they're going to have a uh, dispensary in deltona which is a little city just east of daytona and uh, so we will be getting some people in there but in the meantime these guys are still building so basically you have paper licenses that are not quite alive yet, so I call I call them zombie licenses, and we have a number of, this, of uh, people who are coming to the state who are interested in buying up multiple companies, merging together, and spitting out the licenses to reduce the amount of competition, hmm. and to create the, what I call these zombie licenses. So that we are, we are about uh, on the, the the brim of a zombie license apocalypse. So, Gary, just so I can be clear, the folks at home can be clear, are you saying that Harvest was essentially pushed out the market uh, in Florida through corporate uh, warfare and, and essentially gobbled up by True Leaf? Yeah, Essentially, yes, because the, the, the regulators uh, over in, in Tallahassee did approve them merging the two big companies together. It's, it's not completed yet, but very, very close. Uh, and, and one of the things they had to do in order to make this whole thing go through, is to absorb all the assets of Harvest and spit out the paper license, so they only have one license. Mm. So, so that is, that is the way that worked. And we have and Green Dragon, by the way, was was just bought by Ease. For those of you who are familiar with the uh, delivery company in California, so who got the money, Gary? Going on. That's a good question. Yeah, that, that's what I was. Who, who got asking. the money from the Harvest? Li- so Harvest right. license got sold. 
who got the money, you know, for, for Planet 13 to buy the Harvest the way, the it way was, It I, was an all-stock deal, which means that the people who own Harvest stock now have it in True Leaf stock, which in, includes our uh, Commissioner of Agriculture. Okay, so so people who own stock in True Leaf basically got got the... Exactly. Because, True Leaf now has, uh, I okay. believe it is um, 90... Uh, dispensaries of their own, and they just absorbed eleven more. So, so they now have the, they now have a hundred and one, uh-huh. making them the largest dispense dispensary company in the country. I mean, the next closest is Cureleaf, which which has eighty five countrywide. Mm. We have a hundred and one just in little old Florida with just our little old seven hundred thousand people. What we do need, though, for these companies to to flourish, and and for us to be able to uh, get more competition is to get uh, reciprocity going. And that's one of the bills that we have are, are constantly pushing, that when people come to Florida as our guests, that if they need medicine, they can get it here. Because if they had a medical card from some other state, that's because legitimately in, in that state at least, they are legitimate patients. And therefore, they can't bring their, money, their, their product across state lines because then you'd be coming here on vacation and leaving on probation. And mm. we just don't need that here. You can go to Disney World and CBD with, with CBD products that are legal and still leave on probation. You know, yeah, I know. God bless Bill Monroe, who who passed away a little uh, two years ago. But he told me the story about what after a long hard week working over at uh, Three Boys, which later became One Plant, which is now becoming uh, Blue, which then became Bluma, which is now becoming Cresco. If you want to keep all that in, in gear, uh, he uh, decided to wear the same shoes he was wearing. And even though he, I believe he was wearing the slippers on his shoes, uh, the dog that, that sniffed that kind of stuff over at Disney pinged on his shoes. Mm. And, I, <laughs> and, and, mm. and, and he, was, he was asked to leave the park and he had to show, you know, I'm not using this stuff. I happen to work in the industry. And they told him, you know, well, next time when you come to Disney, do not wear your, your work clothes. Mm. Because uh, they, they, they were getting ready to haul him off. Mm. Shame. Shame. There's nothing more terrifying than when a dog hits on your shoes, especially if you got like, you know, I don't know, some dabs hiding in your shoes while you're walking through the Denver airport. <laughs> has anybody had has that happened to anybody you know of? Uh, I, not not necessarily that I may know of, but <laughs> I, I know that it is definitely a sweat to walk through that little machine, the total recall scanner and be like, OK, uh, let's hope they don't pick up <laughs> these dabs that I want to bring back home. But so that's the situation with, with the, the, the the mergers and acquisitions and how that could possibly affect our industry. Now, yeah. we've been told by the OMMU that they are going to be releasing more applications as since there are, there are approximately what, 12, 15 licenses behind right now as far as giving them out is concerned. And for a long time, they said, well, we couldn't do it because of flora grown. Now they're saying we're going to do it. But the first one we got to give out is the... Uh, the one for the Black Farmers and Agriculturalists Association. And unfortunately, that's being challenged right now, too. Isn't that surprising? And so, therefore, you, you may see a long, long delay as far as that moving forward. So I think that this, this, this cartel is, is going to continue on. And we can only hope that there'll be more diversity as far as brands be entering the market through these MMTCs. And that <clears throat> these people who do pick up these paper licenses become different than their competitors and, and bring us good different quality products you know that that's the thing gary is like how can you be different in a market that is 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 slated to to essentially one one company 
I mean, I don't know if folks have been following along the Tallahassee corruption trial of JT Burnett, who's the husband of Kim Rivers of True Leaf. See, I wasn't going to go your, that way. You can go that way. Right. Yeah, I'm absolutely <laughs> going to talk about it because, you know, corruption. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. You know, and look, it, let's just call it out. Kim, if you don't want to ever donate to Suncoast Normal, then so be it. If you want to go to war and, 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 and talk about it, then, then be about it. I mean, the fact is, is that her husband bribed city officials in Tallahassee to make sure that truly got a license and that other people did it. All the way up to the mayor's office. All the way up to the mayor's office. Andrew Gillum isn't above that, so I'm going to call it out because I was a big advocate of his, and it, it, it disgusts me to know that him and Scott Maddox and a numerous, numerous other city council members and such, it, it, this whole thing, this pay-to-play system, isn't just regular, regular, reg, relegated to Republicans in Tallahassee, but there are Democrats at the city level that were in on it too. And that is not right. Okay. And in no circumstances should anyone be getting an, a free pass, should be getting uh, extra help to set up an MMTC, you know, and one also not have any experience doing anything with MMTCs or, or with the cannabis industry. Part well, of running truly, Kim Rivers doesn't know jack shit about weed except probably some shit she smoked in college. <laughs> now, you know, that, that, that is a point that I do want to bring up because JT Burnett in his confidential uh, conversations with these FBI agents who were people who he had only known for about two weeks all of a sudden starts spilling the beans and all these things which should be uh, covered under a, a non-disclosure agreement and uh, just believe these guys even though that they were actually FBI undercover agents and he wasn't smart enough at this point in time I would say to figure out who he was talking to and now that they have come out and said during your conversation with us you told us that when True Leave uh, started their market. Uh, both n neither you nor Kim knew anything about the cannabis industry, how to grow, how to how to produce, how to sell, and therefore it was all part of a learning curve. And of course, True Leave has been learning known for always curve. being ahead of the learning curve. Learning curve. They sell twenty five dollars shake. They sell the <laughs> biggest booth that we have running. <laughs> In the state of Florida, if there's a learning curve, they are in special ed. Is when I when I look at True Leaf's product. Well, I did say that they were in the learning curve. I just didn't uh, say where that uh, where that learning curve was going. That shit's popping <laughs> up still. No, like how long have they been operating? And they're still trying to p p pass off things like live uh, live uh, resin. Yeah, and I mean, and I, it's I, like I, distillate and like fucking like what the fuck? Oh well, yeah, distillate yeah. with Keith. Oh look, it's live resin. What? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? And then they want to charge you like eighty bucks for it. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I mean, and then and then looking at the brands, I mean, look, if you think that you can come into this industry, buy off a few, you know, uh, of folks who are trying to get brands. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry, but I just don't see the the connect. You know, I've always said that in this industry, your clients are sick people. And to see the the quality, and I, I've had a, I had a sit down with Kim when they first got into the industry back in 2017, and I said, "Look, patients are complaining about your leaky vape pens that you get from China. So explain to me what why why you know Suncoast Normal should go into a partnership and advocate for you all because I get more complaints than I get compliments, and no, and, I, and we haven't said another word to each other since then." Now, this is something that has come up recently that I was totally unaware of until it was brought to my attention, and I'm hoping nobody's spoofing me here, but basically, TrueLeave did have a, a somewhat decent uh, <clears throat> return policy at the very beginning where if there was an issue, they would switch it out and they would fix the uh, the milligrams on your re recommendation and things of that sort, and yet 
I saw a policy that was sent to somebody saying that we'll be more than happy to uh, give return your merchandise, but realize our currently policy is if you do do a return, you must agree not to shop at True Leave again. <laughs> what? What the fuck? Now, wow. I, I, <laughs> wow. Now, I, I saw the written policy. I'm hoping it wasn't photoshopped because to me, it, it seems incredulous. Mm. That any, if anybody would have a business model which says, if you do a return, you're blacklisted. You can't come back here. And if that were the case, that, that Forever 21, I guarantee that place would have closed, closed down a long time ago if they would have had no customers. It's one of those kind of things that they buy inexpensive clothes from, from Asia and they... <laughs> And, uh, we're already, and a lot of them fall apart. We're already getting comments in the chat saying that that happened to them. Okay, yeah. well, then, I, yeah. then I'm not insane, <laughs> which is good. What, where are those birds coming from? No, I'm not insane. <laughs> you got me looking up. Like, is it bird in the story? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I guess the, well, the RS always kicking in. You'll, you'll, you'll believe anything. <laughs> Carlos, Carlos is worried about that chicken coming in for a round two. That's what that is. That's why we got a dog now. Yeah, like like in all like in the Family Guy where he gets beat up by the chicken. <laughs> Carlos and that chicken no, are adversaries. I, <laughs> <laughs> I remember when Truly first started and there was all this shit going on online and like I think they were trying to clear that shit up where like there was all this complaining happening on social media about their product. So like you would see actual Kim Rivers go on, right, mm -hmm. and talk to people directly, right, and, and I think they were just trying to figure out and – Sooner or later, I think they were just like, we got so big, we don't have to give a fuck about this. Yeah, but that's just and it. As a matter of fact, if you want to bitch about it, we don't need you. <laughs> well, well, I actually, also remember I, like, when they first started, they were paying social media influencers to attack their opponents. And I would get calls from like Knox and other, uh, uh, um, you know, MMTCs and be like, oh, well, you know, this person's a member of Orlando Normal and they're attacking, you know, us. And I'm like, look, one, Orlando Normal is a Suncoast Normal. And two, you got to understand that, you know, this is probably, uh, uh, look to your, your competitors because, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm not getting a check to do that, but clearly somebody's getting a check to attack y'all online, you know? Yo, dead ass, right? Like, okay. there's already a couple of comments now in the chat. Okay. One interesting comment, though. Somebody was saying they don't want to pay for a fancy floor in regards to Planet 13. Let's be clear. You got to realize you guys are dealing with the Florida market right now, and the other markets in the other states are not exactly the same mindset. I mean, you can – I see ads that come to my email, my mailbox every day uh, from Vegas, uh, from the Planet 13 over there, and they have sales like $18 ace. And that is actually their second tier stuff, not the booth. And he's not paid by Planet 13. Let's just get that out of the way. No, they're not. I'm, I'm not being paid by Planet 13. I mean, yeah, the CEO is, is, is a lawnsman, you know. Here, here's my thing with, with <laughs> here's my thing with Planet 13. You, That's a religious you thing. should go, you should you should fucking experience it, you should check it out because it is awesome to see for, for somebody who's been advocating for, for legalization for so long. It's awesome to see a fucking Costco size weed dispensary yeah. and all these people in there excited and happy and fucking and, sharing on that. And there's a mall attached but to it with all various cannabis related it, stores and things of that sort. It's kind of like a theme park practically. Yeah, Gary really likes them. <laughs> but if you go to, 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 to Vegas several times and you re you're a regular uh, person that goes out there, you know, there's, there's other dispensaries that have more cheaper stuff and other yeah. things. And you know, that's, that's more for people that are like really, really experienced with the area. But you Planet 13 is a, is a tourist experience. There's no doubt about that. If isn't, you, isn't there a reservation that has a dispensary you can go it, to that's like open 24 seven? Yes. That's the payouts. 
who have the uh, the new woo dispensary over in Vegas, where wow. you do not pay any taxes at all because it's sovereign land. And they actually, had to, although it's closed down right now, had a tasting room on, on the side where for a little extra money, you can sit there and, and try out some of the products right there and, and buy some snacks and, and chill mm. for a while before, before you head out. That'd Which be interesting is, to see if the Seminoles or or some of the other recognized tribes in Florida can get into the industry eventually. You know, that'd be interesting to be able to go to the Hard Rock in Tampa and, and you know, pick up some cannabis. Chief Billy, you know we're going to have that conversation, okay? Because you, you got your Seminole packed. You're all set as far as that's concerned. You've got the investment money, less investment in a, in a consumption lounge here in Tampa. I think that would be wonderful, don't you think? Oh, man, think about it. If the Hard Rock hotel and uh, cafe in tampa had a cannabis consumption lounge or or right. even the one in south I'd florida be there every day <laughs> i would be there every yeah, day. And and who's running the store that's just the way he is now, and, and one more thing i want to bring up on the mso so then i can go ahead and close out my spot which has been kind of elongated here is the fact that 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 those poor madmen, you know, those those poor guys who got so beat down because they opened up their 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 mouth and put every single foot in the world into it, and uh, they, they really kind of kind of killed themselves. They they have eleven dispensaries here, only which four I believe are actually active because they've had to cut back. They've lost mm. licenses in multiple states that started out in New York and went all across California where they had all sorts of licenses problems. Well, they also had an amazing amount of monetary problems. They had almost a $350 million debt to a company called Gotham Green Investments, mm. uh, which actually meant that they had, that, that if they uh, took back all their stock, they would be in controlling interest of the entire company, of course. Wow. And what, what happened this last week is that, is that, actually about a week and a half ago now, is that two companies, uh, Tilray, went ahead and bought Gotham Green's debt. To, to MedMen, uh, at, I think they bought actually 65% of it. And, the, and then another company called the Soraya Brothers, who, by the way, own uh, uh, most of uh, Liberty Health Services, which was recently sold off to heirs. So now they have a good portion of heirs. Uh, also said that they're interested in, in buying up the rest of the debt by giving them $100 million of, uh, of loans to go ahead and, and get themselves back on their feet again and, and expand. And that would mean that that somebody else takes over MedMen. However, <laughs> however, uh, Tilray's voters, who actually have a say in this, uh, have said they are vehemently opposed to putting any money into MedMen whatsoever. Mm. It's kind of like you know throwing your money into a mud pit and saying, "I think it'll be okay down there. I can get it any time." Right? I mean, Gary, you know what? That's what happens when you deal with companies that don't have any integrity. <laughs> yeah, no, no integrity. But 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 you can work there if you look like a Chad. <laughs> Don't you find it ironic that MedMen is on the verge of going out of business, and and uh, Matt Parker and Trey Stone are actually getting into the business with their own Integrity Weed brand? I just if you ever watch South Park, to me that is hilariously funny and ironic. It's, it's amazing the people in the entertainment business that are getting involved in there and, and other industries. Snoop Dogg, Jay-Z has a cannabis brand coming out, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm from Detroit, and we had this kid by the name of, of White Boy Rick mm. who, uh, who got, yes. got heavily involved in the, in the uh, drug business. And guess what? He is getting himself a, a cannabis brand of his own now that he's finally out after serving whatever it is, 25, 30 years. 32, that he did. 32 years he did, and he was a snitch. So that's just go. Yeah, he was a professional stitch, and yet he's not getting stitches; he's getting millions. <laughs> and and and, speak, and speaking of uh, of weird folks who might be getting their own brand, uh, Jesus, Joe Exotic, 
<laughs> is now got his own brand. What? Joe yeah. Exotic finally got a license, huh? And the investor is the guy who played the older brother on Wonder Years. Oh, okay. uh, 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 uh. <laughs> wow! Yo, so so else. like if that isn't Freakazoid. Do you know what, what he's gonna call it? What, what? I have no idea. Yeah, Joe Joe Exotic's blunt. I don't know. It's like Tiger Weeds. <laughs> tiger Weeds. Tiger Weeds. I'm the king of the Tiger Weeds. <laughs> All right, that's that's yeah. not an impression of Joe Exotic, but I like yeah. that voice. You know what's funny is um Freeway Ricky Ross, you know, one of the, the most um infamous, you know, drug smugglers of, of the eighties, you know, was actually today uh, advocates for social equity in the cannabis industry. You know, so you know, someone who made a lot of money moving a lot of a lot of weight back in the day is, is doing something good to try and, and transform this industry and fight exactly what we're seeing here in Florida, where you have this one company who produces subpar products and buys up all the other ones that, that buys politicians that corrupts our own political system and and you know is pushing competitors out of the market. So for sick people to, to have moldy medicine, I mean, that is what we need to stop. That's why social equity is so important. It's not about a particular race or ethnic group of people getting a license. It's about the fact that small mom and pop businesses, working class Americans can't get into this industry. Oh, oh. oh Carlos. You, I, got it, I got it. I got you it. You got it. Okay. Well, I'm still good on my end. So I'm going to keep talking. I, I'm sorry. My aura is just fluxing here. <laughs> Gary, you're electric. You're setting off all the all the. You, you He's electric, out. exactly. <laughs> but 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 to my point, the reason that social responsibility and social equity is so important is because the war on drugs has hit certain neighborhoods harder due to over policing. This war on drugs has prevented a working class people who have experience in the industry to get into illegal in, into the legal industry because of these requirements because of political corruption and so we need people to give back what we don't need is people getting out of jail and in, in signing a deal with the first corporate cannabis uh that comes along you know for for, for some namesake you know we need people that are actually going to do it right from the beginning and i, I think that that's what I hope we see with people like Jay Z getting into the industry and other entertainers is that they they do it right and rather than buying themselves off. That's why I'm so excited about cookies because cookies has that you know the idea at least from what I've seen the public persona that they do it right and that's why they've been able to build a successful brand. Yeah, but I don't think we can call cookies really a a, a minority license as much as people want want to consider it that way. Yeah, uh, unless, unless you consider uh, uh, hip hop a minority. Uh, and I mean, let, let's let's face oh, it. I'm a too. jazz man myself. Cookies at this point, playing their team, it's it's still big cannabis. It's still mm -hmm. corporate cannabis coming yeah. in, and it's still not letting the little guys in. Like it, as far as an equal opportunity, it's not having those guys come in is not helping. It's not. Well, I know it's that cool that Planet Thirteen's here. It's cool that Cookies is here. I fucking love Cookie shit, but. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, if I'm going to get into the industry, I'm going to have to fucking deal with, like, fucking five or six trulies at this point. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll have to deal with these things as they come because our industry has, has got a lot of things. Oh, by the way, people have been asking, sending me questions and things of that sort about, about what I want to talk about in the show. And, uh, and Ron, I appreciate your suggestions as what my future activities should be, but I don't think that's physically possible. I'm just going to throw that out there. 
I'll let you think about it on that one. What the fuck? <laughs> Did I miss something? <laughs> it, was just, it was just a suggestion that was made to me the other day. I, ah, I, oh, I, I okay. just, I just didn't think it was physically possible. <laughs> Inside jokes on the rotation. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, then you know too much, and I'm going to have to kill you. <laughs> well, look, but Gary, uh, you know, there's so much happening in, in in the cannabis industry in Florida and across the country. But I want to give you all a quick update of what's going on here in D.C. Please. Because there is, you know, some historic legislation that we're going to see here submitted soon. Now, for those who don't know, in November of last year, the MORE Act, the Marijuana Opportunity Recovery Expungement Act, uh, passed the House. And now the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act is being introduced into the Senate. Uh, the link there that Carlos just posted actually goes to the actual bill language. This is a draft bill. Um, and through the 1st of September, they were accepting comments on it. Now, Normal uh, fielded uh, thousands of comments from across the country, from our chapters, from our members, from, from the public. And some of the key parts of the bill um, that that the, the people have given comments on is that you know peop the people want to strengthen civic protections, including getting record relief and to provide justice for those previously wronged by federal marijuana criminalization. Also, the bill itself still includes outdated uh, employment policies regarding non-scientific testing for trace metabolites of THC. So we want to take that federal drug testing requirement that's from the Reagan administration and Bush administrations of the 80s and toss that out of the bill. That needs to go. Uh, but, you know, federal employees shouldn't be drug tested for, for utilizing something that we're going to decriminalize. Um, and then also ensuring that small businesses, local businesses can compete with these larger corporations and the illicit market by reducing regulatory and tax burdens on those businesses. That this is input coming from the public on this bill to normal. And then also narrowing the scope of the proposed excise taxes in the bill to exempt medical cannabis consumer markets. Interesting enough, here in Florida, we don't tax medicine. And so the excise tax doesn't, you know, that they have in this bill should not apply to medical cannabis. And I, I believe that patients shouldn't be paying more taxes just to have access to their medicine. Furthermore, you know, the, in the, one of the biggest comments was to balance the roles of the FDA, of the, uh, the Treasury, uh, of tobacco, um, of ATF, and the antitrust regulators in a manner that's consistent with other adult use substances like tobacco and alcohol. Um, so then that way the state programs aren't, you know, interrupted. Um, you know, and, and that, you know, there is a promotion of increased local ownership in, in future cannabis markets. Because like to Carlos's point and, and to what we were saying earlier, what we don't want to see is these, these big corporate cannabis companies like we have here in Florida that are also in Florida that are buying up licenses in Georgia, that are, are buying up licenses in other states. And before you know it, the competition nationally is going to shrink. So these are the comments that the people gave Normal and Normal has submitted on the bill. But if you yourself want to tell your U.S. senators how you feel about the bill, there's a link here. Send a message to our U.S. senators. Tell them that the bill is coming and that you want them to support it. Marco Rubio, Rick Scott, this is looking at you. I know you've been assholes in the past when it comes to supporting you know, cannabis, but this is your time to really step up and put your money where your mouth is when you say you are against big government, when you don't believe in taxing people you know, out of business. This is one of those businesses. So please, let's not pick and choose. Stand by 
your, your words and not be hypocrites. Stand up and support the Cannabis uh, Administration Opportunity Act. And when is the uh, the, the deadline for comments on the? Uh, it, it's the already ads? it's already passed. It was it was the first of September. So now that they have these comments, what we're hoping is that you know Senator Schumer, Senator Booker, Senator Wyden will put their heads together take these comments in, in, in the public input into effect and produce a, 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 a bill that they're going to introduce uh, this fall in the fall session that we can get through the Senate, get through the House, and get on President Biden's desk by the end of the year. I mean, if we could go into 2022 with federal prohibition gone, with cannabis no longer a controlled substance, then the future is looking bright, ladies and gentlemen. Let me ask you a question. If the, uh, the Senate and the uh, the House get going on these bills that are trying to thwart the the Texas uh, anti-abortion bill, is that going to to push the uh, the cannabis bill forward? You know, the the thing about uh, DC politics, oftentimes, hey Sansa, hey beautiful, uh, this is Sansa. She's an American bulldog. She's two years old, and she really uh-huh. wants some attention. So she, what is it? What, she's telling. Hold on, I'm getting something. <laughs> yep, that's right. Yeah, you are absolutely right. So. You know, there's a limited amount of space on the legislative process. If they get bogged down on one particular issue, like trying to, you know, make sure that abortion has a legislative remedy. Um, infrastructure. You know, infrastructure is another one. They passed a big infrastructure package. I mean, it's one of those things where people ask, well, why didn't the Obama administration legalize weed? And it was like, well, he only had control of the House. And then once they passed, you know, uh, health care reform, uh, they lost in the midterms. So my thing is this. If if the Democrats want to control the Senate, if they want to keep their control of Congress, and you know they need to do something right in the midterms. Legalizing cannabis will go a long way. Now, you know you're going to have to look at, in the grand scheme of things, can they pull this off? Do they have the votes? Well, in the in the the key thing in all of this is ending the filibuster in the Senate, because as long as you need ten Republicans to vote for it, you know we could probably get eight, but ten is a stretch. And I, I just don't know if there's enough Republican senators uh, across the country, you know, that represent legal states that would even be in favor of this uh, bill. I think Joe Manchin should go visit some of Blankenship's mines and never come out with all due respect. <laughs> well, look, this bill all in all. Because unite, by the way. Normal is not the only organization uh, uh, critiquing this bill. Normal is not the only organization supporting legalization. Uh, there are also other organizations that are for and against this bill that are for and against legalization. And if you want to read more about what the different organizations have to say, then Carlos, there's a link there you can post uh, where the senators are being flooded with their input on these federal marijuana legalization bills by Normal, by the Marijuana Policy Project, by the National Cannabis Industry Association, by Students for Sensible Drug Policy, Americans for Safe Access, you know, among just a few of the, the, the allies. And then you have opponents of the bill, like, you know, Smart Approaches to Marijuana, SAM, and the that community. Is. Yeah, and the different community anti-drug coalitions of America uh, who are opposed to this bill. So you're going to see the traditional fight uh, um, being hashed out um, through proxies in the United States Senate um, over this bill. But the fact is, is that we need to pass this bill. This bill does not legalize cannabis. I want to be clear about that. What it does is it ends federal prohibition. Those are two totally different things, and the people yep. need to understand that. But many of the barriers we have for uh, legalization are because of the Schedule One status federally. How does that differ, though? Like, what is it like... If, if, if I mean cannabis is like for instance because the, for, the, the Food and that. Drug Administration can't 
auto, it can't approve cannabis as a medicine because of the fact it's Schedule One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take that away, and that barrier goes away. Then they can actually do something more than just fund researching to, to show harm. Mm. Also, understanding that this bill doesn't affect any state laws. It's a federal bill. So cannabis can still be illegal in your state, like in Idaho, and it doesn't change anything. But what except for interstate commerce, exactly, except for interstate commerce, meaning that if legal cannabis needs to move from, let's say, oh, I don't know, Washington State um, over to Illinois, right? Let's say one of those brands in Washington State is 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 you know moving their products to an Illinois dispensary. If they get pulled over in Idaho, the cops can't do anything about that. They're not supposed to mess with that shipment if all their paperwork's in order. I'm not saying that people in Texas have Florida weed there, but I think a lot of people in Texas have Florida weed there. Well, interesting enough, in Texas, they've raised the THC limit to 1% for the medical Big, big win there, right, for the patients. Interestingly enough, at at CPAC this last year, which shows you where a lot of the GOP ideas are, one of their guest speakers was our our good friend Alex Berenson. Mm -hmm. Alex Berenson wrote that stupid book, I'm sorry, that – controversial book called tell your children which talks about how cannabis and especially high thc causes uh, psychosis in children and things of that sort and how they had to break out but although this in this particular speech he was talking about how masks don't work and vaccines don't work and how we need to have herd immunity and so now you know where the the, uh, the, the mindset is of a lot of people and where all that is coming from but yeah. that's what we have to deal with these are the people that they they bring in to sponsor speeches and it happened here in florida too one Guys, of my- oh. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I just wanted to say, like, all of this stuff from, I, I, I happen to know there's a lot of products coming out in the hemp industry yeah. that is, is starting to work around all of these fucking mundane weight and percentage uh, fucking uh, rules that they got going on. Mm-hmm. Like, pretty soon, I'm going to be able to have Delta 9 products uh, simply because we get around the weight factor. Like and and it's it's so so like things like this where like Texas is only one, allowing one percent THC. Well, that's one percent of the product's weight, right? As long as the product's heavy, you could still have a product that has enough THC to get you high. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like, uh, for hemp, I'm only allowed 03 percent delta nine THC. <laughs> I'm soon like I've got gummies on the way that are just fucking heavy gummies that still have 10, 10 milligrams of THC and Delta nine THC. That's 0.3% of that weight. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I saw a, a gummy over in California. They're, they're 600 milligrams. 600 milligrams. What are those stars? Of death? Are those, are those like those Joey Diaz ones where the you know, death stars? Yeah. Death stars. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. I want to uh, try one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure, sure of the usefulness of that stuff, but if some people have extremely high tolerance, you know, like, Bro, like it, you, it'll be really useful <laughs> for me to get some sleep. Because like I'm at like 200, 300 milligrams to be able to fall asleep. I thought you were asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sleeping this entire time, this entire show. Well, Look, it's, a, it's a shame because because now we're almost out of time. As we <laughs> close out the show, um, Gary, to your point, you know, when we were talking about uh, looking at you know Republicans, Democrats, conservatives, liberals over this, and understanding that, uh, like you said, a lot of the anti-cannabis groups are on the conservative side of the aisle. Uh, to me, one of the best brainstorms in policy is look at the irrational fears 
you know, from conservatives when it comes to cannabis, you know, things that they'll say things like, oh, my God, liberals want to legalize weed and have the post office deliver it to people. And I was like, <laughs> write that down. I like that. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's like, you, you might own the libs, but I got blunts. It's like, you guys already have a shipping system set up? What? That's cool. amazing. <laughs> good, good idea, you know? They're making me drive this shit all around town. But here's the deal, though. There's plenty I mean, of GOPs that, were, that have been pro-cannabis that have really moved the, the movement forward. I mean, Dana Rohrbacher was not my favorite man. Yeah. But, yeah. but he did so much for, to help out this industry. I mean, and Corey Gardner in Colorado was, you know, for, for, you know, his part of it, he did what he could at the federal level to, you know, help uh, get the bill passed to where they're not using uh, federal funds to raid legal states. Um, and that's still something that's happening in Congress. You know, every year since 2014, they've worked to pass a bill to saying that the Department of Justice can't re, um, raid legal medical marijuana dispensaries. And this year, um, the language actually uh, includes adult use for the first time. So it'll be quite interesting to see um, what gets passed through Congress in the final budget. But all in all, um, you know, things are trending in the right direction, but they're on the cusp. One election can change all of that. If, if the midterm elections go one way or the other, you're either going to see progress or you're going to see us go back five years. And that's where we're at. Well, yeah. guys, I'm normally fucking dying to end the show, but like I've had such a good time this week. But I think we've gone <laughs> <laughs> quite a bit over at this well, well, point. Throw in, this, throw in the commercial, though, for the, uh, the membership, I think. Okay, so uh, join normal. Join join circus normal. I'm so bad at pitching this shit. <laughs> <laughs> look, no, look, become be a, a member. member. Be a member. Help us join join the fight. <laughs> and, we're, and we're not asking you just for your money. We're not asking you for your, your treasure. We're asking you for your talent and for your time as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But we, we, we don't just want cash like 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 some advocates do. So if you don't want to put nice in that, paid, though. if you don't want to put in that time and talent. <laughs> We make it easy for for you. You can just go to suncoastnormal.org slash membership and you can join Suncoast Normal. You can donate donate to us that way. Or you can get involved uh, watching this podcast, listening to this podcast is a good way to start. But we hold events. I don't think we got anything going on right now, but stay tuned. We're going to have something very soon. We're going to have something before the end of the year for sure. We've had so many great events. In the spring, we had the Best Blunt in the Bay Rolling Competition. This summer, we had our, our Suncoast Normals Got Talent Showcase. Um, so we continue to bring you some of the best events in the cannabis industry here locally. Yeah, I think right now we're just taking a little bit of a break and enjoying our time. But in the, Well, not really, because the legislative delegations are happening on right now. We just had Orange County this last Monday, and uh, I was number 96 on the list. So, But I think everybody was still there when we, when we were talking, but we gave them all the copies of all the bills that we had and things of that sort. And, and we move forward. Now, if you want to go to a legislative delegation in your area, go ahead and go to the Internet and put in the name of your county and the words legislative delegation. And they will tell you when and where your, your, that meeting is. Is that a chance to take to face all the legislatures later at, at, for your area all at one time? And you get two minutes to go ahead and give your spiel and promote any of our bills or, or just your opinions on the cannabis industry itself. Be a part of the, the, the solution. If you need any help. Feel free to give us a call. We will respond. And even though we don't have any events in the work to keep in contact with us, following us on social media is the way to go. At Suncoast Normal. Uh, yeah, I thought you said donuts Australia. too, by the way. I love donuts. Uh, <laughs> digging the beards. Uh, <laughs> Carlos actually shocked me with a tidbit of information. Donuts are vegan. <laughs> uh, 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 it's amazing if they're made with lard or not. 
<laughs> Do you it's know a, which ones it, are made out of lard? It depends. It depends. But I think the fried much, ones are light, fried and lard. If you got bread that doesn't have any like eggs in it, then fine. You can fry that shit up and fucking like pizza dough. Pizza dough is vegan. Um, you can't have challah without eggs. So as well, you can't you can't have any Jewish uh, um, donuts. <laughs> That's a shame because cannabis is kosher. <laughs> Just so you know. So if you want to get involved with Suncoast Normal, <laughs> follow us on social media. Also, you can go to our website, suncoastnormal.org. We update that shit all the time. Um, yeah, you guys got anything else you want to say? Happy Labor Day, you socialists. Remember, if you want cannabis, everybody, you're a socialist. Happy Labor Day. Smoke weed all day tomorrow. There you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, This has been The Rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member, because that is how you become part of the change. You can find The Rotation Podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes, but you can always join us in The Rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, cannabis info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National, all by joining Suncoast Normal. That website, again, is suncoastnorml.org. You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal. Uh, find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary. And good night. Good night.